previously on the Simply Human podcast. I'll do these workshops, I'll give these talks, I'll sit down. And the, the thing people come away with always, and it drives me crazy, they say, well, you made it so simple and I want to strangle them because it took me a long time and a lot of hard work and a lot of mistakes to make it that simple. And they just dismiss it with the flight of their hand. It's like, really? You know, it really was a lot harder than you think. It's episode 123 of the Simply Human podcast with your host, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is the great Kelly Starrett, the return of Kelly Starrett, author of Becoming a Supple Leopard and his new book, Deskbound. We are still in the process of nailing down a time, so hopefully we will have Kelly Starrett. Hmm. He can probably just like gloss past the Hopefully, because if he doesn't show up, we'll just have to re-record this anyway. So right? if you're hearing this, he's on. We have Kelly Starr. Yeah. If you're not, you're in an alternate universe <laughs> of Mark's deleted, uh, recycled bin on his computer. Like how... Uh, man, uh, tell me what his email is. Yeah. <laughs> then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment, and we'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip of the week. How are you, Rick? Good day, Mark. Good day. Oh, like you're Australian or something? Good day, mate. <laughs> well, hey, um, I want to talk about something. You, I made, no, you didn't get mad at me. I'm, I made you I mad. I got so furious at you when you did this. Um, oh, gosh. Should I, I tell a story or should you? Well, let, let me, t- let me tell the beginning and then I'll let you tell what happened. So, Wait, should I do the setup though? I should do the setup okay, first of okay. the story, then I'll let you. Okay, that's okay. the best way to do this. So, right now when we record this, it's like Monday. So last week is when we we did the big move, whatever, and we moved on the the moving was scheduled for Thursday, and so I'm trying to get all the utilities squared away and get them cut off and get them started or whatever. It's my fault because I'm an idiot. Well. Um, I knew simultaneously with all this, I'm a huge Dallas Stars hockey fan. The playoffs start on Thursday. So I know that they've got a playoff game. Actually, when I did all this, I didn't know that they would have a game scheduled on Thursday. I just knew that's when the playoffs started. I should have, when I was canceling my service at the old house, said, hey, I need you to cut it off on Friday just to have some overlap. But I am stupid, and I'm also super cheap. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to pay for one day of cable TV if I don't need to. So I tell them, cut it off at the end of the day on Thursday. Well, then everything's going and going and going. And we find out that, uh, okay, uh, this is when the the Stars are playing on Thursday, the 14th. That's the game one of the series. I'm like, all right, okay, let me figure this out. Okay, so we're moving all day into the new house on Thursday. I'll have internet already set up Thursday morning. So that'll be so I can use my phone, the Wi-Fi to stream the game using the. Uh, it was on like a Fox Sports regional channel, yeah. Fox, the local one, Fox Southwest. It's like I can use the Fox Sports Go app. It's a new app uh, to to stream the game, so I'm good. I have internet, and I can use my my uh, cable TV credentials because you have to log in with your provider and all that mess. So I uh, they didn't cut it off at the end of the day on Thursday. They cut it off in the beginning of the day Thursday. So I'm left without T 
TV service. Okay, so knowing so knowing that with the app with my TV provider because I don't have a TV provider. So that's where I need to come in and say that I didn't know any of that. All I thought was that you were going to have to watch the game later, like you were recording it or something. That's how I usually do it because my schedule. Usually, I'll record the games and watch them later. I try in the playoffs to watch them as quickly as I can because I don't want anybody to ruin them. But yeah, that's what you thought. So what the ruse was. We were uh, we were going to bombard you with stars updates, thinking my thought was that it was just you know like don't tell me I'm I'm going to watch it later. By the way, anyone who listens to this who knows me knows I do not mess around with that. Yeah, if you give serious. a fake update, I will all caps text you some Curse four you. letter words. Yeah, and oh, I will man. go bananas. Crazy. I did not mess around. with So it when the game started, our plans was enacted and we started saying, Hey, stars are playing. Da, 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 da. And this is our group text message yeah. with me and you and Steve who has been on the show and Nate who's been on the show. Jack, and Jack been, been the man the without a pancreas. Yeah, well, yeah, I yeah. start saying, yeah, I'm watching it. I don't have cable, so I normally can't watch it. And I was like, Hey, my, my buddy gave me his login and password on this something, his deal that he has, and I'm watching the game. So, so that way I could chime in. Well, then so, you yeah, start. So that's Mark's plan is to say, because <laughs> I know he doesn't have cable. I know he can't watch the game. So that's how he's going to alibi that. Well, back to my part. Uh, I realized middle of the day, okay, uh, I'm in panic mode. The game starts at 8.30 tonight. I need to have – I have internet service, but I need to find a TV pro- provider, and I'm not going to go to a bar to watch the game. That's ridiculous. But So our friend Steve was like, hey, uh, just for tonight, you can borrow my – I'll give you my login credentials for our TV provider, and you can go in that way. So it's like, oh, man, sweet, perfect. So I log in, everything works, okay, oh, yeah, okay, okay, cool, we're, we're cool. So I sit down at 8.30, and I've been working my rear end off all day so that I can take, accumulate all of my moving boxes breaks, <laughs> all take it at 8.30 so I can tell my wife, no, 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 I didn't take one and you've missed, break all day. And you've missed a total of like less than like a game and a half all year. I have missed four periods right. of, yeah, of stars hockey all year, and those were all due to DVR failure. So I'm invested fully in this right. season. So you so get to I, the point, so, you sit down, it's like that. This is like your dopamine is flooding yeah, your brain. Ready, You're ready uh, to go, and, and, and I'm very hopeful about the playoffs. So I log in to the Fox Sports app, and I got to pull up the the local channel, the the Southwest Fox Sports Southwest, and I use my our friends' passwords. Illegal. And oh yeah, well we're not even scratching the surface on <laughs> stuff we've done that's illegal on this yet. Oh yeah, and it pops up all the Fox Sports channels except for the one that's got the Stars game, and it starts at eight thirty, and this is now like eight thirty-two, oh, and I go into full panic on mode. Panic mode. Yeah. Okay, so now back to the group text message. Yeah. I get in there, and I'm like. Oh my god! 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 I can't get it to work. I can't get it to work. Uh, we gotta, we we gotta fix this. How, and I, how I and I've already said. I'm, I'm saying this because I know that our other friend Jackie lives in Colorado, so I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can get his cable password or whatever. Maybe it'll work for him or something. But it won't because uh, you know his cable is in Colorado. He doesn't get the yeah. Fox Southwest so, feed in Colorado. So I am like. You are desperate, and I yes. and here I am. I've already and Mark told has already you established that he's watching the game with a friend's login and password on his laptop. So I know he doesn't have. Cable. So Rick starts like begging, like telling me, like give me the login and password now. Like what is it? What app it is? What app is it? So, and I'm texting Steve, like what do I do? I, I don't know what to say. How do I get out of this? Like because how can I tell him? Oh, but it was only a one-time use. You know, yeah. like what was I supposed to say? I think I made up something about he. It was his computer. He brought it over. I have no idea what it was. 
You said that he came up. This is where I was like, okay. Uh, is you said that he came over and set up your computer and left. And I was like, and, and he's like, wait, a guy would drive all the way to Mark's house to set this up because I've already like Googled stars. Right. There's no, there's nothing. Streaming. Yeah. I've even gone so far as to sign up for like a five day trial of some streaming service, but turns out, they don't actually stream yep. live sports. They only do movies. And so, I've got to call Kuala so, Lumpur and cancel later so I don't get charged. Well, for so it. the climax of all this hmm, is while I'm texting Steve, like, what how, What am I supposed to say to this? Rick texts me in one, two, three, four, five, six, eight different texts. The first one says, Mark, please immediately tell me where I go to watch online. <laughs> and a few minutes later, all caps, Mark. All caps. Tell I me. I actually misspelled Mark. I yeah. was so flustered. Merrick. I spelled it Merrick. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then it's then the next text is tell me. All caps. Then a few minutes later, the next text is Mark. I am begging you. Then four straight texts, just my name in all caps. Mark. 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 <laughs> And I, then at that point, I started feeling so bad. I felt so sorry for you because this well, like, is. I'm so desperate that like it's like I can't. I'm blinded to reality that I can't see very clearly. Like, okay, this is a bit. Mark is not watch because also why would Mark watch the yeah. hockey game? He doesn't like hockey. Yeah. Like all of the evidence. You were just being blinded by ruse. desperation. But it's like one time when I was in tenth or ninth grade. I was a huge Dallas Mavericks fan. Well, a, f- a guy that I knew from school, like a loose acquaintance, almost friend, tells me that he got a job uh, as a ball boy for the Mavericks, which is like the Wait, biggest load of garbage. Who was this? Ever. I remember this. And I am so blinded. He was like, oh, yeah, I can get you on as a ball boy for sure. And I'm like, what? You can? Not like thinking clearly that, okay, he's clearly telling stories. He's this guy's not a ball boy for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I'm blinded because, yeah. like, I see, like, oh my god, it's too good to be true. It's like one of those people that gets the email from the uh, the Nigerian prince that yeah. says, "Send me five thousand dollars, and I'll cut you into my in my inheritance." <laughs> yeah. You're so blinded to the possibilities that you can't see reality. Well, right. that's where I am when I'm blowing your phone up, going, "Mark, Mark, 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 and so I felt bad, and so I, I texted you, okay, I can't do this anymore. This is a ruse. I, I, I'm not watching the game. And you, I think your text back to me was, you effing idiot. <laughs> and then I really felt bad. Well, then, so then to, to cap it all off, I won't say who, but you got someone to Periscope the game, and you watched the whole game on Periscope. I'll give it up. It was Steve. <laughs> Come after him, FBI. Yeah, Steve Periscoped literally almost the entire Stars game for me. Uh, save probably about the first five or six minutes of the first period, uh, and I'm wa- and I'm what's the irony of it? This is add this to the bragging montage. Although this was undesigned by us, the house we bought had a like an office that they had already turned into a dedicated theater room. Oh, they sweet. put in the the tr- special lighting and the speakers, and that's way above anything that I've ever done. So I'm sitting in the and they left the furniture, which are like these really nice chairs. Like a, uh, like a, Ooh, so yeah. I'm sitting in these really nice chairs in this dedicated theater. Watching on Periscope. Watching a game on my super tiny phone on Periscope. Like, well, is then, that a puck? Oh no, no, no that's, I, that's a, there's some spit on my screen and it came, flew out of my mouth and I was yelling. And then I went, I went in there to try to interact. Like, Hey, we'll talk during the game. And like the first comment I made, you were like, Mark, this is not the time. Get out of here now. And I yeah, just, and the reason I said that is because the comments pop up on the screen yeah, and yeah. they cover the screen. And I'm like, <laughs> 
that's not what I said. I said, Mark, not here, not now. Thinking you would catch the Tommy Boy reference. Yeah, well, I just I gave the uh, the emoticon middle finger and left and left the room. Yes. So anyway. So that is uh, now uh, everyone who's worried about my situation. Yeah. We have uh, we have television set up now at the house. Yeah. We actually went with a dish, and I love it. It's and the stars cool. are doing very well, aren't they? Uh, as we record this, they're up two nothing on the Wild, and they're playing at the XL Energy Center in Minnesota tonight. Hmm. Well, isn't that with a chance to take a really big lead in the series? We can. We want to do some hockey talk. Sagan's out for like another two or three games with those Achilles in- injuries. He sl- he got his Achilles slashed by a mugger at when he was going to the grocery store one night. It was whole with a pocket yeah, knife. Yeah, he's walking down the road, and a <laughs> mugger just ran up with a Swiss Army knife and slashed. Well, Achilles. the mugger tripped, and all he could reach was his as his Achilles. Is what happened. He tripped, and all he could reach was his Achilles. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, was, yeah, it's like, oh, give me your wallet. I can't. Sport, I'm on the ground. It's a sports story of the year. Well, speaking of <laughs> speaking of muggings in in alleys, the Better Call Saul scene. Where he does a little, oh, yeah. where he does a little, scam? where he does the scam. With, I didn't. We need to talk about that. Because what if the, what if he didn't give them the cash? What if somebody didn't know the value of the Rolex, Rick? Then they would have lost oh, them all their money. That's why he went with Rolex. Everyone knows that a Rolex is worth a lot of money. I, but I wouldn't have thought it was worth more than like a thousand dollars. I would have taken the cash. I think that's the chance you take. It's yeah. a risk reward when you're yeah. going to do a grift like that. Go watch Better Call Saul if you don't know what we're talking about. It's like an episode. That's like the Man, second or best third show. One. It's the best show on TV. Yeah, I think, in my opinion, it is very good. It. I'm hooked. Um, and you know what? It's so surprising. Some TV talk. I was a. Uh, I knew of Bob Odenkirk before he was on uh, Better Call Saul, and obviously, and, which one uh, is that? And Breaking Bad. Bob Odenkirk. That's the, the guy who plays the old Jimmy. guy, the old ball guy. No, no, no Jimmy. What was he in before all this? He was because I've seen uh, him, Mr. Show on HBO, the comedy, very overrated comedy show. Although yes. there's some so strange, it's hard to understand. But there's some funny things. That's where I get my thing. I'm gonna shake the crime stick. It's from Mr. Show. Okay, but like, uh, it's so surprising that he can play just a very uh, in-depth uh, role and yeah. be very believable. I never yeah. thought of him as an actor. He was always just a funny comedian, but man, he's Well, I didn't even know his name job. until just now, so thank you for Bob that. Bob Odenkirk. Okay. Alright. Let us get to our interview with Kelly Starrett. Um, go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Follow us on, or like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope is at simplyhuman52. And Periscope breaks federal law by Periscope <laughs> to me, uh, live sporting <laughs> Rick's Periscope is at at, at R. Bentley. 3032. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, there is a donation uh, button in the show notes and at simplyhumanlifestyle.com slash store. Go there if you think what we're doing is worth anything. Probably not much. Thanks to everybody who has donated recently. I send uh, about Man, I'm a, still one email behind. I just realized when you said that. There's some, like you sent me one last oh. week and I've totally forgot. Well, I if, will get like, if you send me $10, I send Rick 50 cents. That's how it works. Um, you like that's a worthwhile percentage? <laughs> no, I split it with Rick. All right, let's get to our interview with Kelly. We, we went a little long. Uh, we, <laughs> she did not say that. Yeah. Trust me, pal. Got <laughs> a lot of evidence saying that. Oh, man. So, <laughs> you have picture evidence that I have sent you uh, to prove otherwise. Um, so we at 30 minutes, we were just rolling. So we uh, it's about an hour-long interview, and I'm just, uh, I didn't want to cut him off. We were just, it, it, you'll see. It, it's a great interview. So we talked to him about teeth pulling, books, intelligence we're losing, a 30,000-foot view of health, 
uh, Katie Bowman, Getting Up Off the Ground, Flat Arches, The Fish Oil Dragon, Desk Bound, Squatty Potty, Michael Pollan, Eating Veggies, StandUpKids.org, Getting Kids to Eat Healthy Foods, Gender Differences, and Drumroll Please, Erections, Erections oh. and Boners. Here's, oh, okay. here's Kelly. For the second time in the life of the Simply Human podcast, I am so proud and honored to welcome Kelly Starrett to the show. He is a physical therapist. He's a coach. He's an author. He's an advocate of human health and wellness for all humans in all planets. Dr. Kelly Starrett, thank you for coming back to the show. Well, first of all, that is the coolest intro. I totally want to be an advocate for interplanetary health. Thank you. Like literally, that's now my, on my on my card, and it is good to be back. Awesome. I mean, you have been slinging. I think I was like early on, yeah. and uh, I and you guys are just blowing me away. Thank well, you so much for having me back. Cool. And you know, we got to talk about you know Jenny Labaw, who's going to be on the show uh, the next week. Uh, we connected at the Jasa retreat up in Chico, and she was like, "Dude, we're we're gonna." She emailed like we're, Brian McKenzie's going to be on, uh, Aaron's going to be on. Like, we're going to have we have all these people. She like emailed all these people on my behalf. Like she's just she's the greatest. She's my favorite person on earth. I think it's a little annoying. I know um, when she is a she she doesn't you guys you know she doesn't have legs. Those are actually lungs. Right. And um, <laughs> you know Jenny is uh, auntie to my kids. Um, she's one of the besties with my wife. Uh, so extraordinary, and it says the depth of her. And if, if you guys don't know who Jenny Labah is, I mean, she ran across Colorado to raise awareness for ep- epilepsy. She's an amazing dancer, right? She's yeah. she's just like she's that girl. And um, in you're right, you know, she it's a testament to her stellarness that she connect. She's a super connector, and yeah. uh, it's it's pretty amazing for sure. Yeah. So um, so we we now have that connection. Um, so lo- we're gonna get to the book. We're gonna get to like all the places people can find you. But first. I wanted to talk about uh, a video that you put online of a, a drone and a tooth. Can, oh, you, man. can you talk about that experience? You know, I always have this conversation with my wife. I'm like, how come this hasn't occurred to someone else before? Seriously. How come no one's done this? And she's like, well, because you are special. And she's like, no one has quite thinks the way you do. Yep. And what you think is normal is not normal for most people. Right. And so for people who haven't watched the Today Show last week, who didn't see Good Morning America. Wait, was it, on, see, was it on that stuff? Who did not see CNBC. Oh my gosh. Who did not see the front page of Reddit. I, mean, I didn't see might, that. I didn't see it on any of those places. I just saw it on your Twitter. <laughs> Golly. My, my favorite uh, is if you, if you Google Millennium Falcon tooth pull, there's a link to News Nigeria. And apparently... <laughs> We made like the Nigerian local news. Oh my gosh! And, and for people who don't know what happened, you know, we have a funny family. We like Star Wars. My kids are perfect expressions of my wife. They are funny and and a little bit inane. And um, and then they have this dad who's like, you know, pouring gasoline on the fire. And <laughs> sounds we, uh, a lot like Caroline my Caroline has, you know, her her tendency is to keep teeth. She's my seven year old until they basically almost fall out, right? They're just super loose. She doesn't like to pull them out. And Juliet and I have been running this campaign to let us pull her tooth out for an age. And she literally had this like hillbilly tooth just hanging out. And, and she's uh, your oldest, right? She's our youngest. She's, oh, our, she's okay. our seven-year-old. Okay. We call her Bear. She's Bear Star. Okay. And so we have this Millennium Falcon drone, and she loves Star Wars. She's a big Chewie fan. We're such Daisy Ridley fans. And literally... Um, we hooked some dental floss to it, gave us about 30 feet of uh, slack, 
took off and pop, popped the tooth out. And um, How did you get it tied around the tooth? Because I have a six-year-old daughter and a five-year-old. Yeah. I could not get it to stay. It would just slide off. What's the trick? Well, you know, I was an Eagle Scout. Little oh, known fact about Kelly Star at Eagle Scout. Yep. And, um, you know, I tied a clove hitch oh, around her, her tooth. That explains and, it. And, and the, we had two attempts where the, thing, the, the uh, string flipped off. Yes, okay. So you're not, you're not uh, always perfect. You no, did it. It was, it was actually quite difficult. And <laughs> what you can actually see is that the Millennium Falcon flies off. When you Google Millennium Falcon tooth pull, <laughs> and what ends up happening is I'm, I think the tooth, it has just slipped off again. Yep. It takes me a second because Caroline looks at me and she's just like gushing she blood. she can feel it with going, her, yeah. <laughs> and she didn't know what happened either. She's like, what, what? And, and uh, what's so great about the internet, and this really says it all about kind of, you know, the condition of where we are around human performance and health on the internet is this that, you know, every jerk has an opinion Everyone is oh, special. Yeah. Everyone's an expert. You know, there's, it's such a crowded space. But the comments on Reddit and, were like, you know, I fly RC and there's no way they can generate enough thrust to like pull their <laughs> tooth out. And, you know, and like people were like, this is paid product placement. Don't be suckers. Okay. Like, well, that explains the tweet when you were like, this is not product placement. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. right with the actual tooth. I mean, I don't know the last time you faked blood. And, and paid your seven-year-old to act out a bloody tooth montage. Over oh, it's last Christmas, yeah. <laughs> right. So, needless to say, you know, um, I'm I love it that uh, you know we work hard to advocate for people's health and 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 self advocacy and and self you know actualization and take and the thing that we're going to be known for hopefully is yeah. the family is the Millennium Falcon tooth pull. I know that's so funny. Um, okay, so you got two <laughs> girls, right? The best. I yeah. no. I, I have two women, and I'm in a house oh, full of three women now. Oh gosh! Oh, yeah, I know. They are. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I've got I've got six and five year old girls, and then a two year old son. And yeah, it's uh, gosh, what a, you know, I so you have to deal with this. I, I I might even post this picture on on our Facebook page. About every six months, our shower starts to stop up. You know, I have no idea why. Huh? So and weird. I pull every six months. It's the same. Thing. It's the same like animal that I pull out of the drain. It is the most horrific. It looks like a, a rat that you pull out of the drain. Well, let, let me let me just let's just back out of that real quick because okay. I'm going to get in trouble with all, all the women who are like, "Hey, look, you don't have hair, right?" And so obviously you're <laughs> jealous. I mean, you you probably still have a beard, but I don't. I don't have a beard or hair. Yeah. And um and you know the Starette girls, we live in our pool and hot tub, and so maybe oh. most of that ends up in the pool and hot tub. But, uh, you know, I, I tell it, um, I, uh, I had a really difficult father-son relationship. And there were, it turns out there are five generations of difficult father-son relationships in my family. And um, I only wanted daughters, and I got exactly what I deserved awesome. and exactly what I wanted. Yeah, it's, uh, they're fun. Like my, uh, well, I've got, well, we can talk daughters all day. But let's talk about, I want to talk about a couple things just random. What is your favorite movie of all time? If you could only watch one movie the rest of your life, what what would it be? Uh, well, that's actually I can think of a few, but Braveheart is up there. Okay, you know, yeah. if Braveheart is on, I'll watch it. Um, and I met the writer of Braveheart. Oh, I was gosh. in a sauna with him once. What? I literally like like my wife and I worked. This is so embarrassing. She's gonna be so embarrassing. But when when he's like, I will love you my whole life, you and no other. You know, that's the Braveheart line. Like, uh-huh. That may have been in my nuptials. Oh, wow. And I may have had bagpipes playing at my wedding. I'm just saying. Okay. So, so we definitely will not confirm important. or deny that. 
informative. Yeah. And, uh, and I really feel like, you know, you can divide the universe into a couple categories based on a really complex allegory. And that is a complex, you know, algorithm. And the first is red vines or Twizzlers. Okay. So which are you? I'm a, I'm a Twizzlers guy. Oh, are you from the East Coast? I'm not. From Texas. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, Texas, uh, maybe that's, that's it. Uh, it's uh, Texas. So, you know, red vines or Twizzlers is a big one. Yeah. We also asked the question, stripes or meatballs? The movie? Mm. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, meatballs. Meatballs. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Twizzlers or meatballs. I wonder where you're going with this because you're opposite of me right now. The last one is Scottish peasant girl or Sophie Moreau, French queen in Braveheart. A peasant girl. Oh, peasant. See, you're, you're three for three. I'm three opposite. Huh. You and I are, you are going to occupy places in the tribe. Yeah, um, sweet. Okay, you you're not going to like kill me off. This is good news. Yeah. No, no, we, we have we have independent roles. So, uh, you know, but wouldn't you say, Juliet, that uh, Braveheart's one of my tops? I mean, you know, the Star Wars canon aside, yeah, you know, yeah. I would say. But my current favorite, like the thing that Juliet and I will always watch is Pacific Rim. Right okay. now, Pacific Rim. Yeah. I love. It's a Guillermo del Toro movie. It's an allegory about children coming into the womb and destroying San Francisco, and then you have to kill off the the monster, and then yeah. you start the clock at zero. And I really people don't understand that that's a that's a story about children and children raising. <laughs> I have not played it. But I need to. <laughs> Pacific Rim. It sounds like I need movie. to. Yeah. And then uh, one, one more. So, what what books? Do you like recommend the most, or just like what? What is your favorite, like just a fiction book? Like, or do you even read fiction? Like, what uh, favorite books? It's really funny. Uh, he just asked me, Juliet, do I read fiction? And uh, huh. Juliet's laughing in the background because Juliet like reads. She's in a book club with yeah. amazing women. Like these are you know, but she reads novels right. about like families yeah. and uh, and death and things. And, like, real things. And she's like real things. And I read very, very heavy nonfiction, like brutal nonfiction. Yeah. Um, that's you know about you know high concept out, but I'm a deep, deep science fiction nerd. Ready Player One. Oh, of course. Okay. I just, B- I bitch, just that one. please. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you know, uh, but I'll, I'll raise you. In you the said that genre, so politely. Yeah. If you if you have not read Lexicon, I haven't. I'm writing. It um, Lexicon is a fantastic book, but. Um, you know, um, Ian M. Banks is my current one of my current favorites, and uh, I just read the the most. Um, it's uh, amazing. It won the big Hugo. It's called Hyperion. Unbelievable. But but my all time favorite series of all time, literally, is this like seven book montage called Codex Alera. Whoa, I've never even heard of it. Oh, it's so like Codex. so. I read this this seven books, and Juliet's like, "Oh, you're reading paperback books? Like those size books? She's like, those are fantasy books." I was like, "Shut up!" <laughs> and um, and uh, and and I was like, "Hey, look, if we, I know we're never gonna have any more kids, but uh, if we have a son, I'm naming him Octavian." And Ooh. she's like, "You're such a dork! Like you're not naming our son Octavian." And I was like, "Read these books." And she finished. She finishes last book. She's like, A. She's like, I'll never read again because there'll be no joy in reading. Oh my and, gosh! And B. She's like, We should have a son. We should name, name him Octavian. Octavian. And I was like, There it is. Told you, o- Octavian Starrett. There it is. So o- if anyone's O-Star. listening, if you're looking for a baby name, boys' names are tougher than girls' names. I think Octavian is. There's not a strong Octavian pulse in the world. Well, I'm well, going to. Uh, that's that's going to be in my queue. I'm going to put Codex Alera on my queue. Oh my gosh. The Graveyard Book is also very good. I don't know. Oh, if you oh that. Neil Gaiman. Yes. Was, yeah. Yeah. I tell you what. Uh, Ocean at the end of the lane. That that was just be- beautiful. That yeah. you know. Um, every once in a while, I read something that I and it happens to me a lot. Um, and I realize I'm just a dullard. 
I, I, I don't have any creativity. It's really amazing. And I think um, Juliet and I have a fantasy that our kids go, to, go away. We turn social media off. We close all our businesses. And all we do is read. Yes. We exercise and read. Like if we have the dream we're, when we're on vacation like up in Tahoe, what we do is we, we do an activity like we kayak or boat or stand up or ski or something or bike. We come back and then we train in the afternoon and the rest of it is just like reading and sunbathing. Like we're such – we're just boring. That's, that's what I like to do on vacation. I just like to sit and, and do nothing. My mom always gets mad because she'll always have, have like an itinerary for the family. You know, it's like 8 o'clock, breakfast. 8.30, family pictures. 9 o'clock, <laughs> you know, like that kind of deal. And I just seriously just want to sit and like read the book that I've been trying to finish for the last, you know, school term or whatever. And she gets mad at me for that. We, so. we, th- this is interesting. You know, uh, reading, I, sometimes people don't read. We've lost reading a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, and um, – our older daughter, Georgia, has kind of gotten sucked in a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think I understand. I moved to Germany when I was in the second grade, and I didn't have a TV. I didn't have an Atari 2600. I didn't have a video VHS. And what I had was books. And I had this second grade teacher who had 300 pounds, and she terrified me. <laughs> and uh, literally, she just shouted and screamed, but I became a voracious reader to the point where um, my. I started to develop eye strain. My parents took me in to see if I needed glasses, but I was just reading so much, I had strained my eyes. Wow. Yeah, I'm hoping our, our oldest has caught the bug. Like she's read all the Ramona Quimby books. Oh, yeah. She did all that, so now we're like looking for the next series for her to, for her to read. So, um, yeah, I'm glad. I, that's like, like handwriting, uh, like being able to do math, being able to like, like find your way somewhere, like directional intelligence all that is we're losing all of it and it's uh, you know it's, it's interesting you mentioned that um an article just came out new york times from a stanford um dean who said hey these are what the things that an 18 year old needs to do and you basically just nailed it out yeah you know and and it's actually a conversation we have with our daughters all the time and which really is the greatest gestalt of you know if you're raising kids you know what are the basic skills what are the basic movement skills what are the basic eating skills you know um, we were a few years ago, and uh, our friend came over, and Georgia came out, and she was over in the morning doing some work or business, or we had a meeting. And Georgia just like turned on the stove, made an omelet, yeah. you know, and she was like seven or eight, and our friend was just kind of freaking out, you know. She's like, "You, I mean, you let your daughter like mix eggs?" And we're like, uh, "You didn't see that article a few years ago in the New York Times about the Peruvian kid who could hunt an animal." Kill it, skin it, gosh. feed it to, build a fire, feed it to his family, and he's four. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know. We're just that. we're behind. We're yeah. Totally oh, behind. absolutely. Well, no, no, because Kelly, like, if you let your kids like crack an egg, they're gonna they're gonna make a mess. So we can't let them do that. Uh, you know, if they if they uh, if, if they don't sit on the couch like they're supposed to sit on the couch, if they make the cushions into a slide, that's gonna like hurt the couch. So. You know, we can't let them do those kinds of things. Well, you know, uh, we do live in a mid-century modern house, and it has a certain aesthetic, and uh, you know, tents. All of our, uh, our, you know, our mom chairs and things. That's you know, yeah. the um, it's interesting. I think you know, it, it's it's really metaphor for the greater conversation here about what what is it we're losing about self control. About you know, our kids ride to school, can ride to school independently. You know, um, and you know, our daughters both came home recently and were like, "Hey, we are dying our hair." And Julia and I were like, "Great, go for it." <laughs> You know, and uh, and part of that is feeling like they have sense of agency and some little control. You yeah. know, because it's really difficult. I think you get caught in the rat race, and that that really is the idea of you know. We were just at this volleyball tournament this weekend, 
it's the far western regionals up in Reno. Our, you know, our, our 11-year-old, um, Georgia, plays on this amazing club team, like just the healthiest, most amazing club team. The head coach is the former head coach at Cal for men's Jeez. volleyball. And, and he, uh, he literally is like, I won all my championships. This is about making long-term player development. Right. You know, so he doesn't, ma- he doesn't mind if we lose yeah. as long as we pass the ball three times and take swings at the net. You know what I mean? That's, right. what, that's the goal. But watching – you know, overlaying a little bit of stress and pressure, three days of competing for 11-year-olds is a lot, and watching how kids who go to bed, don't have a bedtime, they would go to bed, you know, a lot of, the, we talked to a lot of parents, and they're like, yeah, our kids go to bed at like 11 every night, and I'm Ugh. like, your 11-year-old goes to bed at 11, gets up at 6 every day, she gets seven hours of sleep, like, no wonder she's a whiny mess, right. and then, you know, she wouldn't eat, you know, these ki- a lot of kids had really weird dysfunctional eating, wouldn't eat food. And so their parents are sneaking them M&Ms between, and you're, I'm just like, wow. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's really interesting is you know, how do you create human beings who are robust enough to handle pressure? Because I, I think the confusion is we know we can do it, you know, and because we have this amazing genetic bounty, but I don't think we realize how much better we can do it. Yeah. And that's a conversation about sleep and food yes. and downregulation and movement et cetera, et cetera, because we, we confuse the fact that we are robust, robust machines, even 11 years old. I mean, you know, uh, we saw lots of kids break down in tears and melt down and, you know, across, across the, you know, all the teams, but, you know, Georgia is pretty resilient and I'm really proud of her for yeah. that. Yeah. I, we had Katie Bowman on recently to talk about, you know, okay, the argument is, well, why do I need to walk everywhere why do i need to pull up i don't ever have to i will never have to do that like and so and it's just kind of the argument that a lot of people give you but it's like if you're not doing the things that you're designed to do it's not about like you know burning calories or anything like that it's about your body functioning in the context in which it was designed to function and if you're taking you know just because you can sit all day that's not like a a, just okay green green light i'm just gonna sit all day um yeah, well, you know, I think that, that really gets us back to this, you know, 30,000-foot view. Let's pan back out and ask, you know, a fundamental question. So, you know, what, what are first principles? What does it mean to be a functioning human animal? And well, that means, okay, you know, in order to clear my lymphatics, I need to be in constant motion. In order to, you know, for my brain to work, I have to be moving, and, and it works better if I'm moving or standing. Right. right? And, like, and what's nice is that, you know, we start to – then you can start making decisions – about your lifestyle. Well, how should we eat? You know, and you're like, oh, you know, I, I love John Berardi. He's a wonderful, simple nutrition guy. I mean, you know, Sarah kind of knows something about nutrition too. But, you know, I, I think when you when you start asking, you know, are you eating enough vegetables? Like, did you eat? You know, as adults, I'm like, did you eat six to eight fists of vegetables today? And people are like, uh, I haven't eaten a vegetable in like two days. And I'm like, well, there you go. Yeah. What the hell? I mean, there's no magnesium in your diet. There's you have no fiber. You know, you're all paleo, so that meant you ate three hamburgers and an apple. And a you know paleo, I mean? like, and a paleo right? pancake. <laughs> right, yeah. and a paleo muffin. Yeah. And, and I think what's interesting is, um, you know, we get caught once again in the weeds, you know, inadvertently instead of, you know, kind of taking big picture and looking at every day as an idea of, hey, I can, like right now I am sitting, normally I would stand, but I'm actually sitting in lotus, opening up my hips. Yeah. And, um... You know, the, the key here is when we start applying those, those first principles, then we can start making better decisions daily, yeah. right? And so, you know, Katie Bowman is, is saying, hey, look, one of the problems with humans is that we're very short-sighted. 
And that's a survival mechanism. Right. And it's hard to keep in context in our head. And it's also say that, you know, if you don't, you know, if you don't have this capacity, this is a good allegory or good, good example is that when people, you know, there was a good study that came out that said they could predict mortality of, from based on your ability to get up off the ground without using your hands, yeah. right? You saw that little, you know, you, you sit cross-legged and can you stand up cross-legged? Right. Right, and what's interesting about the cross-legged position is you're you're really looking at flexion, external rotation, right? Right. And crossing the midline, and but in cultures that sleep on the ground and toilet on the ground, fall risk in the elderly drops to zero. Yeah. They don't fall. Japanese, there's no falls in Japanese nursing home, and being independent up off the ground is one of the primary reasons people end up in assisted living facilities. They can't get up off the ground. I have a little comedy bit that I've worked up about that, and it's it goes something like this. So if you if you fall in and you can't get up and you have that life alert, you, like you might as well just not call because you're going to die soon anyway. Yeah, and, it you know, gets, and, that, and, it and gets, that's so yeah. scary. Right? <laughs> so, you know, we start. You know, yesterday I gave a big lecture at the Olympic Club in downtown San Francisco, and just really nice people. You know, but I, we there are no chairs. I said everyone sit down, and just to see people struggling oh. to sit on the ground, and how many times they have to move and change positions because they just cannot get in a place where they just are t- totally uncomfortable. <laughs> So people then sit in that position, and I'm like, okay, go ahead and take a breath for me. And no one can yeah. actually breathe yeah. anymore because there's so many passive tensions on the system. And the problem is we run everything through this, this membrane of, well, it doesn't cause pain, so it must be okay. Right. right. There's no correlation that changes in posture or habitual posture, poor posture states. And remember, posture is just a surrogate word for position of the spine. Or as you right. say in that video, a, pr- a prissy word. Oh, you nailed it. It's, yeah. a, it's a prissy <laughs> word. And because, uh, you know, you can brag about your crappy posture, you know. And, but if I, you start bragging about your crappy position, people are like, dude, you're a douche. Like, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> So I think what's cool is, you know, when people start to see it and, you know, and also keep in mind that like, hey, the body is always adapting. It adapts one way. It'll adapt back the other way. But, yeah. And there have been a lot of people who say, hey, look, these, these resting postures, these primal positions. So primal is a good – it's a poor word because it's got some baggage to it. But being able to sit on the ground, being yeah. able to kneel, if those are stress positions like Mark Chang says, like you're, you're not going to be able to relax or function there. I mean those are threatened positions even though they are the requisite positional language archetypes of the human. Yeah. And, and what we don't realize is how compromised we are functionally around those shapes and positions, you know? Yeah. You know, people are wearing high heel shoes, squishy shoes all the time. You know, they're not barefoot, they're weak, their feet are weak. And and it's easy because you don't know because who taught you? Who showed you? Yeah. I mean, if you were lucky enough to have a like a sensei or a dance teacher, you know, you spend all this time barefoot in ballet class and yeah. gymnastics, maybe you get some of this. But chances are you're like me and you just bumbled through and then you had to sit your mom down, you know, one day when you're in your 40s and say, hey, mom, you know, why wasn't I in ballet? You really yeah. hurt my feelings. <laughs> well, and, you know, it goes back to that, um, oh, I have, uh, I have weak arches. I need arch support. Or I'm a morning, I'm not a morning person. Or, uh, you know, my, genetically, I'm just kind of big bone. Like a lot of these things that we sort of, uh, sort of blame on, oh, that's just the kind of person I am. It's not, you're, you're not a morning person because you're, you're not going to bed at the good, uh, right time and you're being exposed to white and blue light up until midnight. And th- of course you're not going to function in the morning. It's not that you're not a morning person. It's just the behaviors that you're putting, like your, your feet aren't, Oh, I have fl- flat arches. I need, no, you have weak feet. Like you just need to strengthen your feet. 
Yeah, and we've, we've sort of, I mean, you're, you're nailing this. And the problem is that it's difficult for us to hold all that information because it feels like a lot of really disparate, like secret tricks, right? Secret yeah. tricks of the, the Illuminati ninja. <laughs> and, you know, and like, you know, don't read your iPad in bed. Oh, that's a biohack. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and the hack concept, you know, a hack is actually a negative term. A hack is writing an inelegant piece of code to go around a problem. It's solving a problem. It's a temporary bridge. It's like, you know, my grandfather was a sort of a genius, you know, worker guy. And he'd be, you know, we were, we were you know, work, repairing an old Vespa when I was a tiny kid. And yeah. he's like, oh, we don't need a fuse. We'll just put this piece of aluminum foil in the fuse. And I remember being like, eh? Yeah. But isn't that fuse protecting something? You know, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, we don't need it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the allegory or the, the metaphor for, you know, for this hack concept. And so what ends up feeling is you end up feeling like you're doing all of these crazy tricks and it, and you can't see how they're related. Like if I eat this turmeric and, you know, and I have this tablespoon of cinnamon and, you know, I do these air squats in the, in the well, then, you know, oh, it's all about probiotics. And you just end up chasing, you know, the fish oil dragon, for lack of a better <laughs> metaphor. I'm putting that in the show notes, a fish oil dragon. The, the fish oil, you yeah. chase the, the fish oil dragon. Yeah. And, and what you need to do is just pan back out again and say, well, what are the big buckets? So uh, this is a good example is that, you know, I know some of the kids over at British Olympic Cycling, and they're really progressive physios. They're really progressive um, thinkers. And, you know, th- they realize is that, hey, all the kids on the Tour de France, like Bradley Wiggins, were, um, you know, they're sleeping in different beds every night. And the different situation in every hotel room meant that they weren't getting as restful sleep. Well, because we could track that now. Like, we actually have measurements, right? But subjectively, the riders knew. So they started traveling with the same mattress. So every rider had the mattress they liked. And wherever hotel they they throw it on. And they had the same pillow. So the guys were exposed to the same allergens, the same sheets, the same pillow. And, they, the, and all of a sudden, the room was black and cold. And all of a sudden, they just – it seems like a lot of trickery. Yeah. But they just normalized – the sleeping environment. We should be sleeping in the same way. We should give ourselves context cues that say we're preparing for bed, yes. right? We start to, it starts, the, the house should be kind of dark. We shouldn't drink caffeine after noon. We, you know, we should maybe do some gut smashing for good. But it's all about trying to improve the quality of sleep. So suddenly all of these things that you're thinking that you're having to do, you know, wear an eye mask, eye plug, earplugs, it's really just about improving sleep. So now you can just kind of conceptualize all of the issues about sleep quality because that is one of the limiting factors to being a successful human. And it doesn't matter who you are, you can't get away with that. I mean, Doc Parsley, you probably had on or no, you know, good yes. friends of Rob Wolf. He has been on. You know, he's like, there's no study that says you can get by with like seven or less than seven or seven and a half hours. I love when people, you know, point out, they're like, what about Bill Clinton? I'm like, he died. Yeah. He physically died. And then we brought him back with drugs and, and hacks. Yeah. Right? right. You know, and I think that's, uh, I think that's the point is that, when, when you start thinking about this as first principles, you know, then you're like, well, what should you say? Well, oh, hey, you know, I should be barefoot as much as I can because that's how the human foot is supposed to work. And I can easily see my arches. And, but then you start to think, okay, well, if I should be flat, you know, maybe I can try to look around and try to grab shoes that most likely emulate being barefoot, right? Have you heard of and the that, primal professional dress shoe? I, I, you know, I, I, I want to barf in my mouth just by the, uh, the name. Yeah, you know? it's pretty but, bad. But it's difficult to find good-looking shoes that don't look make me look like a hippie. I know, and I'm I'm wearing some. It took 18 months to get them, but I have them. Well, and, and I, I think they really solved a great problem. You know, you you need, and this is the dissonance we have, which pulls us into deskbound. Is that 
you know, there are no options. And you're like, well, hey, culturally, I need to wear these dress shoes, you know, with my suit or when I'm in a professional because it's the uniform and it's culturally accepted. Right. And, you know, if you're at a board meeting and, you know, you're sitting there with, the, you know, the CEO of with whatever. Chuck's on, yeah. <laughs> right, and you're standing because you're like, I don't sit down. I mean, good luck, you know. Right. you're fired, yeah. And, you know, and if you're the guy standing on the airplane the whole time, yeah. I mean, you Getting know, the air marshals are the... going to tackle you. Right, so, right. So what we have to then do is, change the way we think about this. So and the world is changing a little bit. There are better options, right? We're making the environment fit the physiology more effectively. And that's, that's a good example with the, these great shoes that you're wearing. But, you know, what we, what we need to do is then we start with the assumption then that everyone is compromised. Yeah. So, for example, when we work in the military, the body armor and helmet automatically means I have a huger, bigger load on the, on the neck that the, 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 we're going to see stiffness in the thoracic spine because of the body armor and carrying the weapon. And so I can just go ahead and program to that problem, yeah. right? Like I just, we just assume that everyone is vitamin D deficient, right? Because, you know, you don't have to take massive amounts of vitamin D, but you, sh- you know, you can optimize it. But, you know, chances are you're not getting enough vitamin D while you're not in the sun all day long, definitely from not 10 to 2 and definitely not in the winter months, right? right. You just can't get enough sun at our, at our you know, at our uh, Altitude, longitude, you know, latitude, yep. and uh, attitude, Mattitude, and um, latitude. and so so it's easy just to you know make sure that like my kids get a vitamin D drop every day. Just why? Because I assume that they're unrested. I assume that they're undernourished, right? I assume that they're not spending enough time flat or work. So this is where we can start to make better practices every day predicated on the idea that, hey, as a modern human, it's, it's difficult to expose ourselves to environments that would, you know, that would necessarily help us be our most optimal selves. Yeah. And, and that's what and deskbound, that's the principles behind deskbound, right? Is it from what yeah. I understand is that it's okay. We know what we need to do. How can we do those things within the context that we've created around ourselves? And what, why would a stand-up car be any less safe than a sit-down car? Can you? Wouldn't yeah, that be because, awesome? Because they... te- it's not cute. I mean, it really is ugly. I mean, do you yeah. remember the bread vans like from the 70s? Yes. The guy, like, yes. You know, you drive standing up. I just, you know, yeah. you I, know I, I don't think you're going to go Formula One, you know, and uh, <laughs> NASCAR drivers standing up in these like boxes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think that's called the Segway, and that was pretty dorky, wasn't it? It, it was, was it pretty was. dorky. Yeah, we did. So, it, you know, maybe if we all get motorized skateboards, it'll be fine. There you go. The, uh, the issue, though, is. And what you bring up is the fact that we can sort of divide, you know, sitting, and, and really let's 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 pan back out again and say that hey, sitting causes a whole bunch of orthopedic problems, right? We see that, for example, pelvic floor dysfunction in America is really big. In fact, the adult diaper industry yes. is about a one point two billion dollar industry, yeah. billion. And so you can't tell me something's going on. Human beings were not designed to be incontinent all the time, and that's actually a huge problem. And we see it, for example, in our in our you know our gym all the time. We have women who are just like, oh yeah, I always peed myself when I jump. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And those women are sitting, the pelvis is turned over. You know, no one's ever even had a conversation about pelvic floor or how pelvic floor relates to diaphragm position. And and you know when you stand. Your endopelvic fascia winds up and not only gives you tone and stability through your pelvic floor, you know, but it also is how your hips are designed to relate to your pelvis. And when you sit, you basically 
negate all of that wonderful fascia and tone and so your musculature will get really tight and if you're overextended pelvis is tipped forward or tipped back then you also lose the ability to to kind of restore pelvic position and function and so not only are you positionally inhibited but then you've negated all the soft tissue effects and you know what the solution to that is stand up right right don't sit in a chair and when we look at what's happening, you know, the CDC, WHO, defines sedentary lifestyle as sitting in a chair more than six hours a day. Yeah. So you can That's be an elite athlete. Everybody. Yeah, and do that and easy. Still, and still yeah. be, have a sedentary lifestyle. And, and the WHO has recently said that, hey, you know, the sedentariness is the fourth glo- largest global killer annually. It's a big problem. You know, I noticed that bears was like... The fifth thing is that that's be- it's because Caroline is the bear, right? Uh, a daughter. <laughs> well, I had a I had an episode uh, during the Revenant, uh, during the bear scene, which we've told on the show, uh, which is a little embarrassing for me. So I saw bears on there, and I kind of had a small panic attack. So <laughs> you you, you should, yeah. and not only that, but it starts with bears, but it ends with chap lips. Oh. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Didn't you just want to like, hey, can I just tweeze off that little skin on your lip? <laughs> ah, and then your whole, you like tear it off up to your nose and then you got this big bloody thing on your face. Yeah. I, I have worked in Hollywood a few times with some, I'll just say mega star, A-list stars. And the only guy I really ever want to hang out with and bro with is Tom Hardy. He is so really? despicable and awful <laughs> in that movie. Like he's just, even as he's floating off, dying, about to be scalped, he's like, doesn't matter. I already killed your boy. Yep. Like, just, I win. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's so gross. Yeah. Like, I know that guy. He's a bully. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't. So, here's the deal is that when we, when we look at what's happening, you know, sitting creates problems for athletes, creates problems around back problems, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But when we look at the fact that really what's happening is we're not moving, right? And, and yeah. standing still all day long is a problem. Yes. In fact, there's a great study that showed uh, cashiers versus nurses. They compared blood volumes. And cashiers had an additional liter of blood because it would just pool in their legs. And in order to make enough blood, enough circulate enough, because huh. they weren't moving, their body actually produced more plasma volume, blood volume. Wow. And, uh, and the nurses are in constant motion, right? Yeah. So what we're seeing is, hey, standing's not the solution. Movement while you're standing. Like our kids at our stand-up desks, and just so everyone's listening, we, um, our daughters are at the first all-standing moving school in the world. They can sit on the ground. The desk is individual size for them. And they have this thing at the bottom called a fidget bar, which is a bar that is, allows them to swing and be in constant motion. Awesome. And, and so they're, they don't, we don't need an anti-fatigue mat because you're, you're moving the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it looks like a Skinner bar. I mean, like it is like, you know, BF Skinner. I mean, yeah. kids are hitting that Skinner bar like they're, they're rats yeah. looking, for, <laughs> looking for a little snack. And... Um, and what's interesting then is, you know, when we when we understand that, hey, look, if I aggregate all of the the seemingly innocuous times I'm forced to sit, the board meeting in the car, commute, dinner, what it's really easy to sneak up into that six hours. And if you pan back out again and look at the, you know, this isn't just, you know, fear mongering, right. right? That you're gonna text neck and you're gonna die. It's just that what we see is all of these patterns and all these behaviors aggregate together into really human dysfunction, not necessarily pain, but serious dysfunction, where we're seeing that, you know, and this is two weeks ago, diabetes is up 400%, right, in America. Um, For the first, this is last week, for the first time in the history of the United States, 
There are more obese people than non-obese people. And so what I can tell you is, how's it going for us? Are we spending more on healthcare or less on healthcare? And, you know, and, and what we have to do is look not about adding more sophistication to the system. We don't need more tracking and we don't need more lectures about nutrition, right? What we need to do is, is make sure we're not violating first principles. Yeah. And one of the first principles of being a human is that you're not moving enough. Yeah, you just like define this like simply human. Like we don't need more technology. We don't need more innovation. We need less. We need the via negativa. We need to take things away. And just like how you said, you know, that six hours can creep up on you. The same thing happens like in, in any pillar of health. So like so take nutrition. If you, you know, your mandatory sitting in that uh, uh, parallel is like all the the parties and, you know, your kids have these birthday parties. And if you're not going to be that parent that like slaps the cupcake out of your kid's hand, like that you can, you can kind of think of that as a mandatory non-human food. Well, if you're not careful and you have that kind of stuff at your house and you go out to eat every day and you have a Coke at every meal, that, that starts to take a larger piece of the pie. Whereas, so it's kind of the same principle we're talking about. Like sit when you absolutely cannot not sit and then do something else the other time. And, and that's sort of, uh, you know, how we approach it. Yeah, and you know what ends up happening is that you get the apologists out there around, you know, they're like, oh, you know, this is all just hype, you know, and I'm like, it's, you know, you know what's hype? You know, being worried that Coke is the ultimate culprit. You know, like Coke came out and they made, you know, Coke with real sugar and you drink an eight ounce Coke once every three weeks and it was amazing. Yeah. You mix rum in it and it's really good. It's really awesome. It it, it, it is a vehicle for Jack Daniels, comma, right? You should be able to handle that that nuclear bomb. I mean, you will drink a Coke and feel terrible, yeah. and you deserve that. <laughs> but the same the same thing happens exactly right. Is that you know we 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 confuse our ability to buffer that yeah. that intermittently when with, it becomes uh, consistent. When it becomes an that's right. all the time thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. There's something else that that made me think of. Uh, so you're, you're a fan of squatty potties. Do you have a squatty potty? What's your, what's your poop, uh, strategy here? You know, I'm getting a terrible echo. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, the squatty potty really, we had one, but it really offended my wife's sensibilities in our bathroom. Yeah. And, but, but you, you look, you are making a good case about once again, if you put the squatty potty into the context, like, you know, I, you know, what ends up happening is, you know, you should not strain to go to the bathroom. You right. shouldn't have to hold your breath. Like, it should be effortless effort on the loo. Valsava and, maneuver uh, on the toilet is not, you, is not a Yeah, thing. it's not a one rep match. <laughs> and, um, and though we treat it like that, yeah. you know, and, and I think it's, it is interesting um, that you can start to just change your environmental outlook a little bit to, um, is to really optimize you know, what it is we need to be human. You know, one of the things that my wife and I struggle with is eating enough vegetables. Yeah. We literally, you know, I, I was out to the lunch with our gym director yesterday, and he's like, well, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, I need to eat vegetables. <laughs> I just, I'm behind, and I have this little alarm in my head that says, I don't eat vegetables every meal. I'm not going to hit my veggie number. And, you know, and, and boy, that, that comes from, you know, there it is from Michael Pollan again, you know, Eat food, mostly, mostly plants, plants, not too yeah, much. Yeah. You know, and, and our friends and I have ultimately all become what we call vegans. We're, we're serious, serious advocates for veganism. Yeah. I don't know if people know that. And uh, we don't eat soy, but we try to eat plant-based diets, and we throw in the highest quality meats we can on top of that. Right, right, <laughs> right? right yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, and that's really how we should be eating. 
and organizing our brains around that, right? And and uh, one of the things that you know my wife started doing, she just you know we have a Vitamix and she blends up. We don't juice, we drink whole vegetables and we yeah. eat massive amounts of veggies in the morning because what we found was that once we start rolling in the day, then it was difficult to play catch up. Yeah, you know, it, it takes a long difficult. time to eat like four cups of spinach. <laughs> God, dude, that's that is you just nailed like the absolute worst thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like oh, here I'm gonna go through Dang six it. cups of broccoli. It's gonna yeah. be great. You need water because I'll I'll choke if I don't have water next to me on in, when I'm doing things like that. I'll die because I just I just can't. I just, just swallow it and it gets stuck and then I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I think that's that's one of the ways of looking at this. So that it's not one more piece that we have to add, you know. And, and what we're what we're also need to do is is think, you know, this isn't a negative, you know. What we we don't we don't want to say you should do this because you may or may not get chair cancer, but what right. we do know is that when you are standing, some really positive benefits happen, right? When you're not sitting, when you're moving. And for example, my, my wife did this. We and we have this little calculator on the site, Stand Up Kids. But my wife did this little calculator, and she burns an additional 100,000 calories a year standing. Gosh. So we were just driving next to a, uh, a bus that had a pre – it was like a uh, delivery van that had – it was like for pre-core, for like stair-steppers, you know? Uh, right. And they were like, let us reach your – fit, help, help you reach your fitness goals. And I was like, there's no fitness goal associated with an elliptical machine. There's oh, no gosh. fitness goal. Like yes. that's actually totally using the wrong language, right? Yeah. That's about a body composition goal. Yes. So you can either have this machine that you put in your garage that you never use and feel guilty about, or you can just stand up and check your email and, or you can run 22 marathons up to you, totally up to you. But, uh, you know, I'm going with standing is better and moving is better because, you know, it also sets me up for, you know, not of the adaptation, but check this out, you know, whether we're looking at kids with ADD and ADHD, we're looking at boys with large genetic drives to move. Um, you know, it really does have implications in the society around you know school and children. We notice, for example, that kids, all the kindergartners run exactly the same. Yeah. Literally, you can't tell. So if you watch, this is Brian McKenzie's example. If you watch elephants swim, you can't be like, oh yeah, that elephant's using a heel strike technique. <laughs> like they all run the same. Yeah. They all swim the same. And the human animal is the only. I mean, you can't tell one cheetah's gait from another right. cheetah's gait. They're right. cheetahs, right? But humans are so special that we have this very, very different physiology. Well, that's actually not true. And if you look at the kindergartners, the only difference between their movement pattern is, well, this kid has a longer torso and this kid has a, a shorter femur. Yeah. But the, the principles around it remain the same and yeah. stable. Halfway through the first grade, kids, half the class starts to heel strike. Right. And all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you just developed a brand new, aberrant, non-sustainable motor pattern that only exists because you sit and can't exist if you didn't wear shoes. Yeah. And if you I, got kids barefoot again, they would self-correct instantaneously. Right. So and, you, and they you don't can't have, argue about yeah, that. And they right? don't have years of, of uh, atrophy on their feet. Like if you take them in first grade and get put them barefoot, it's not like what happens to people when they start like wearing the Vibram five fingers and running in marathons. They start getting all these stress fractures and things. Like kids don't weigh very much. There's not a ton of stress. Their bodies can handle it. Like, and uh, I'm I'm the top dog watchdog at my uh, daughter's elementary school. So I go up there from time to time. And I was up there last week watching the first graders like they were running it was raining so they were just inside like running laps you know like one at a time like they had like four teams and they were all running and it was really interesting to just sit there and watch 
like, okay, this, this one has great, wow, look at that perfect form. And then you see somebody else wearing like big shoes, just, just look sort of clunky and clumsy and heel striking. It's just because it's already happened. We're, we're more than halfway through the first grade and it's exactly, it was kind of, you know, I've heard you say that before. So it's interesting, like seeing it with my own eyes. Um, and, uh, and really like, you've got to, you've got to correct that early or there's going to be huge problems down the line. So, so desk bound. Yeah. I, this is coming out on the 25th. Is that the day that it releases on Amazon? Yeah. yeah next Tuesday. Someone told me, I, you know, they, they've already bought it on Kindle, which is maybe oh, cool. possible or yeah. an Amazon, but next Tuesday it is out in the wild. Okay, cool. So this is coming out the day before now. Will the, uh, I know you had like a pre-sale contest. Will it still be going? On the twenty fifth, it will not. It goes up to the twenty fifth. Okay. So, okay. You know, but what we anyone who's listening should know that all the pre sales from the book um, are going to stand up kids. Yes. To to get kids and to convert classrooms. We we have we're we're always a big advocate of putting our money where our mouth is, you know. And we've had a lot of friends help us over the you know the last couple of years. To initiate these big changes, one of them, our friends Tim Ferriss has done. You know, really did. He uh, was his birthday challenge, put a ton of personal money in, challenged all of his, his friends to say, "Hey, look, you know, we we can make these changes to the environment if we act from a communitarianism level. Like, yeah. All we need to do is convert one classroom at a time, yeah. and in ten years, we'll get everyone." Yeah, so it's yeah. deskbound. Find it on Amazon. You can also go to mobilitywad.com slash deskbound. It's uh, co-written by your wife, Juliette, and uh, Glenn Cordoza, who, who yes. also uh, co-authored Becoming a Supple Leopard, the first and second edition. I think Katie is actually going to send me a few of the books, so we're going to do some giveaways and try to drive some more traffic and sales and stuff on the show. So oh, very nice. So very for nice. our we're, listeners, we're, yeah. I think this is a, it's our best book. And primarily it's because Juliet's voice is all over the book, right. you know, and, and uh, people forget that Juliet is a, just, you know, is the CEO of this hot mess. Yes. And, um, and I say hot mess on my side, highly organized, very efficient on the other side of Juliet's <laughs> side of the business. But, you know, she is, uh, you know, stand-up kids is originally her brainchild. You know, we, we were advocating our school. And she's like, you know, we need to do this bigger. And I designed the website. And we'll take all the credit for all of any. Yes. That's not, that's not true either. Um, <laughs> So what was really fun is to work with Jay on this because we, we really feel like this is the most important thing we've ever done. Like cool. arguing about you know the best way to release myofascial tension or stiffness or you know who's, who's kung fu is strong. It, it really doesn't mean anything. What really matters is we're applying what we've learned in the stratosphere of sports performance and trying to make large public health changes. And we think this is the easiest and the biggest because you know. What we see is that kids who stand versus sit can burn an additional 25 to 35% more calories a day. If you're heavier, you'll burn more calories. But try to remove 30% of a calories from a kid's diet. Go ahead. Let me know how that goes for it. You know, just Jamie Oliver, and they basically kicked him out of the States, yeah, right? Yep, yeah, it's exactly right. You know, and and, he, he was right, and but otherwise, you just show up and you just you just go about your business, and it, it's such an elegant structural problem, structural solution that it's 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 revolutionary, and it really leads to better test scores. Yeah, um, you know, we get we get fewer behavioral problems. Yes. I mean, just the research coming out. Check this out. Childhood obesity in America is a huge problem. Yes. It's a huge problem. It's gonna it's gonna bankrupt us another in another generation. And it's and it's heartbreaking uh, on top of oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. And the research out of Texas A and M because we are heavy on the research 
um, Dr. Mark Benden has demonstrated that over a couple years, he's followed a cohort of 500 fourth and fifth graders, and what he found was that typically in sitting, in sitting normal classrooms, kids add two percentage points to their body mass index every year. Hmm. Doesn't matter socioeconomic class, doesn't matter who you are, you just you get a little bit fatter every year. But he noticed that kids who stood or, or stood and moved, right, and it's not just standing, standing and moving, is that they went down negative two percent, and so that's actually a delta change of four. Percentage, and if you start to the next year, that's that's greater. That's yeah, eight. And the next math. year, it's yeah. it's you know, it's twelve. And what we we start to see is you know that this is a solution to a, a global pandemic, you know, of huge epic proportions. And all you have to do is say, hey, well, hey, you know, why don't we just not do what we've been doing? And this is an elegant solution. And we're we're really seeing that the teachers are advocating for it. Yeah. Schools are on board. And it's really, really powerful. Well, and we talked off air. I know the listeners know about the World's Okayest Mom nonprofit that we've started. And we def- we want to partner with you guys in some way. And we also, who knows, maybe we have like standupkids.org and then some sort of school lunch reform, I think, is the next thing. Because I go up to the schools and you just see what these kids are eating. And it's just, ugh, it's just heartbreaking. Um, they have no well, chance. That's right. And we, kids don't have agency, you know. And, yeah. uh, you know, we... It, it is. It's difficult. And I don't know. You know. You can go ahead and pretend like, you know. Um, I know there are some well-known paleo people out there um, who, uh, you know, don't have kids. And I'm like, all of your very fancy schmancy, you know, meal prep cooking goes out the door when you have a three-year-old. Right. You know, and and it's difficult to get your kids to eat enough vegetables. And sometimes you don't have the fight in you. Yeah. You know, yeah, so right. She's like, like, just like, eat this and shut up, please. It's totally true. And, <laughs> you know, and I, it's the consistency. You know, our, our daughter, Caroline, so I have a really, this is a, a little known fact. I have the most sensitive sense of smell on the planet. Wow. You're like a pregnant woman. Is that what you're saying? I would say I'm like 10 pregnant women. <laughs> and I can smell disease. I can smell what drugs you're on. I can, I mean, I'm like, that guy's in ketosis. Juliet's like, that guy's on a bus going past you're you. Like, that guy's got herpes. Uh, <laughs> well, it's on his herpes. mouth. You can see it. It's not a smell. Right, thing. right, right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, which means that I also, t- like, I can, I went, um, I had always wanted to go hunting. I'm, I was not a hunter, Ooh. I didn't grow up hunting. But I really felt like, hey, I wanted to have the, you know, I, I did skin a human being. I dissected a human being for two years, oh, for a whole year. Talk more about um, that. Two semesters. <laughs> and um, so I'm, I'm quite competent at skinning apart, things, yeah. Skinning yeah. things like the face. Yeah. And, um, but um, Juliet gave me a, a boar hunting trip for Christmas last year. Awesome. I, I went up and I spent, you know, two days tracking boars and hunting Heck boars. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then I, I killed this beautiful boar. You know, and I took it apart myself, and I skinned it myself, and, and and processed it myself, and brought it back. And the first time that boar hit the pan in my kitchen, I retched. Really? And it was so wild and gamey. And I gave it to my friends, and they were like, "This is the greatest meat of all time." And I'm like, "I'm so glad because that is so disgusting." <laughs> and I people were like, "Soak it in milk," and I soaked it in milk, and then I was like, "Whoa, oh, that's like milk and game." Like I just. <laughs> It's it was like really, milky it was difficult for me to yeah. get past the gaminess. And, and Caroline inherited my sense of smell. And like to get her to eat lean meats, she just she doesn't like to taste the meats really strong. Yeah. And and bitter flavors are really powerful for her, you know, just like they were for me. And um, so, but you know, we we are we just hammer her. Yeah. And now she eats kale, she eats broccoli, yeah. like you know, what I mean we but you just can't 
take your foot off the gas, right. and it, that takes willpower. Yeah, it takes like 14 ex- exposures to a food no, sometimes. That's, that is total bull. <laughs> like, four, like 1,400. 14, yes, oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, now my kids will eat on the salad, you know, and, and I'm like, you want some ranch? Let's get some ranch. Yeah, right, if, you, right. if, you're, if you need a gateway drug to lettuce, I'm down with that. Yeah, here's some honey on your salad. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think that's, that's the problem is we, we have difficulty – you know, running the experiment in our heads long enough. And what we see is a concept borrowed from Charles Perrow, who is a, a, a theorist, theorist about accidents and in complex industries. And he calls this, a lot of the problems or accidents that we see, incidents, are, related, are a, a function of what he calls self-organized criticality. And that the, you know, the tipping point may be a decade away but the, the preconditions were there were, were organized and created by ourselves, right? Long-term vitamin D deficiency, not ever taking a look at your vitamin V, you know, vitamin, you know, vitamin B. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's those kinds of, hey, I, you can get by on sleep deprivation, but then when you're, you're 40 and your testosterone's 300. And you can't remember anything. Right. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, you know, and then all of a sudden you, you start to disintegrate. You know, and then you, you know, and then you got stiff and, and you're not breathing well. And because you're not breathing well, your sympathetic chain ganglion, your T-spine is stiff. And, you know, and then like you're breathing up in your neck. And so you have this passive accessory breathing and your ventilation is poor. Yeah. And then, you know, you get pneumonia when you're boom, and you die. And, and it's really important that we think daily physical practice which means a movement practice. It doesn't have to be exercise, but a movement practice. Yeah. It means more non-exercise activity. It means eating as many vegetables as you can choke down in a day and then starting the clock at zero the next day. Yeah. You know, the day after tomorrow, it's Groundhog Day on vegetable time. <laughs> Getting enough sleep. And then guess what? Now we can argue about how much deadlifting you need to do. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now we can argue about should you front squat twice a week or three times a week? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's... That's the problem is that we love to be like, my five by five is better than your 10 by three, you yeah. know, and you're like, what, what? I mean, that's, you know, these are inane conversations where we're seeing such, you know, mistakes. Yeah. And we as a culture, especially in the strength conditioning performance culture, for all of us who are living in this sort of more self-actualized physical culture, right? We like to point out to people, hey, look, pull-ups are not a sport. You know, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's important to remember that, and it's important to remember why we're doing pull-ups so that we can create better overhead positions, so we can create stability in the shoulder. Why? Because those principles translate back into actual life, yeah. and if we don't consummate that conversation, then sport and strength and conditioning is just circus. And when people break, that's fine. We'll, but let's. We'll just feed their bodies to the lions, yeah. and we'll and let's quit pretending that we're so self-important because it's just circus. But what we are learning, you know, and most of the great thinkers I see have come out of this concept of, you know, we're we're testing our hypotheses under the most stressful conditions, the most big the big loads, and we can take those lessons backwards and apply them and to still moms apply. and dads and kids. Right? It's like, it's kind of like the thing that that causes like a woman's reproductive cycle to stop, like you can apply that to the, the whole human race. It's probably not good things to do for anybody. Like they just have that 
that tell and guys, you know, so I guess some guys might have a period, but, um, well, well, you know, what's interesting is that that's, you actually got a great point up, but, um, you know, like for example, and I know you have to go soon, so I don't want to keep, I mean, are you, are you doing well, time? I, I got, I got another minute for sure to talk okay. about this. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, one of our friends, Dr. Stacey Sims has a book coming out called roar, which really looks at the gender differences around nutrition and exercise and timing around men and women. Cause it turns out women are really not little men. We've treated them right, as such. Right. And, you know, her hypothesis and, and evidence is that in high hormone phase, specifically around women, what we're seeing is that, you know, there are major differences between ability to put work output, right, because, you know, you can either burn excess fatty acids or can't, right? But what she also notices is that women need about 120 to 130 grams of carbohydrate a day. Otherwise, they, they stop menstruating. Right. And, you know, they actually start to put on fat. And how many women have you seen go strict paleo, not eat enough carbohydrate, and actually slip backwards? They're like, I don't understand why can't I, I, I gain weight? Or why am I, you know, why, why am I not putting on lean muscle mass? Men have a completely different response. When you do a little bit of carb restriction, your testosterone goes up, and you put on lean muscle mass because that's how you were designed evolutionarily. Right. And, and that's what we need to make sure that we're understanding. You know, so when, you do, when your period is, is irregular, and if, as a coach, if you don't know when your athletes are getting their periods, you are a really crappy coach because yeah. there are some significant things that you need to do around high hormone phase. If you can't even say the word period, you have bigger problems. Yeah. Fortunately, I, I live in a house full of women, so I can say the word period and not blush Oh, too gosh. Much. I, I, I had a sinus infection a few months ago, and I stuck – tampons up my nose uh, um, so okay. it's the greatest thing of all time anyway yeah so but for men it's interesting <laughs> is that you know if you wake up and you don't have an erection in the morning ooh, something is going on with your physiology yeah you know and uh and that is a nice little tell i mean by the time you've gotten there i mean you're deep into that self-organized criticality point but you know i, I think we we have gotten you know removed from the way we're supposed to feel and the yeah. way we're supposed to move and you're sort of imprisoned in functionality, yeah, right? Yeah. And functional, people always are like, it's functional movement. I'm like, functional movement means that you can, you know, feed yourself and do your bra, get up off the toilet, right? Yeah. That's not optimal. And we need to stop confusing functional with optimal. Right. Okay. Well, I know you need to go. The, the, the show notes here, the, the last few things, you know, things we talked about, it's like getting kids to eat healthy foods, gender differences, and erections. That's the uh, that's how the show notes are going. Uh, don't end. don't say erections. Um, that's actually a really kind of disgusting word. We like the word boner. Oh yeah, that's a much much better word. Uh, In fact, if I, Juliet, can you say the word boner? Of course. That's it. <laughs> she, she smiled. She couldn't she couldn't say it with a straight face, which is our our test. Like, can you say the word? And it, what we try to do is that you you hide your lips like you have no teeth. Mm-hmm. No, no, you got no teeth. And then you got to say the word boner. Boner. <laughs> <laughs> Straight face, I'm, teach, yeah, I'm teaching my two-year-old son to say like my balls, so <laughs> or like nuts, you know, because that's not. I mean, that's funny, right? I mean, you know, actually, my there's, there's actually nothing funny about balls. Like <laughs> we uh, we think that the ball sack is the representation of all the things that are disgusting oh, and evil in the world, this, and that's why like watching umpires get hit in the nuts. But like, is the funniest thing on planet Earth. I'm sorry, umpires, but and so like we don't call when we don't use the word put. Yeah. We think it's derogatory. It's it's anti-feminist, right. right? Like I'm like, dude. I mean, that's a high compliment, you know, in our family. If you call me a pussy, oh yeah, and, yeah. But if you call someone a ball sack, like when my daughters are being wimpy about something, I'm like, don't be a little ball sack. And you're like, I'm not a ball sack. <laughs> of course you did. Well, it's like uh, if calling someone a bird hole because birds like pee and poop out of the same hole. So if you call them a bird hole, it's like that's like a two for one, right? Dude. You're like, 
That's like calling someone a urinal cake. Bird hole may be the most subtle. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, recently, you know, relatively recently, I learned that, you know, a schmuck is a discarded foreskin. Oh. And uh, when you call someone a schmuck, like that is, that is literally fighting words. Like if you called me a schmuck, I would, I would fight you. I'm like, I am not a discarded foreskin. (laughs) But do you know where any are? Because, I mean, I'm kind of weird like that. No? Okay. Hey, I, I, everyone's listening. I'm so sorry. Um, no, I, this, is our, know, this is our podcast. This is my par wife, for the course. My wife always points out that I have a 12-year-old sense of humor. She's like, quit being 12. I'm like, shut up. You're dumb. No, no, no. The word we like to use is sophomoric. Kelly, that's that's what we we say we do. That's what she says. We lo- lots of sixty nine jokes. Uh, so this is you're right on par with what we're what we're trying to do over I, here. It's not sophomore. I'm not even a freshman yet. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> my wife. So. I'm eighth grader, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so go to standupkids.org, go to mobilitywad.com, subscribe to MobilityWad on YouTube. There are 215,000 subscribers. He's got some seminars coming up June 4th and June 25th. Um, go buy the Codex Alera book series. Uh, Kelly Starrett, you are the man. I, I, you, we went a lot longer than I told you we were going to go, and you've been gracious with your time. Really appreciate this. It's so fun, and it's really fun to sometimes not talk about, like, you know, the hip capsule and right. to actually talk about my family and my life. And yeah. this, is, this is as fun as it gets. Thank you so much. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Dr. Kelly Starrett, and I'm just really excited about the things. Is he a doctor? He is. He's a physical doctor. Uh, he's a physical therapist, so he's not like a medical doctor, but he's got a doctorate in something. Hey, you know so. what? If I ever got one of those like honorary degrees oh, from our alma mater, which I will never get, yeah. I would start calling myself doctor. Oh, absolutely. I don't care yeah. what what kind of doctorate it is. I'm, I would do the same thing. Um, so you need to see if you can get me one of those. By the way, you work at the school. Oh, <laughs> that would be. <laughs> what? Oh, that would be a funny ceremony. <laughs> It's like me and you. I'll just like it'll just be me, me and, and you. you get honorary doctorates <laughs> from and each I hate other. The school and I won't give them any money either. <laughs> no one would come except for me and maybe your family. Your dad would probably come. Mm, I wouldn't tell him maybe. about it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So all his stuff is in the show notes. Um, awesome, awesome stuff, and they're doing great stuff. Juliet's going to be on the show, like we talked about. We we set up something afterwards. A lot of cool stuff uh, from the Starrett family. All right. I was in on the interview. I was just my microphone wasn't yeah. working the entire hour. He was asking so many questions, and off air, you know, Kelly was just like, "Oh, it's such a good question, Rick." <laughs> it's like everyone. No, does. my son. We had to reschedule the interview a couple times. My son had a dentist appointment that I had to make. So yes, thank you, Doctor Austin Church. By the way, hmm. yes, thank you. Pediatric dentistry. Very Go much. ahead. Um, is not time for humans being human. We ambushed a friend of mine. His name will remain nameless. No, nope, you named it several times. Yeah, We're no, just gonna have to go back and bleep. Yeah, it. I marked it. I say his name twice, so I'll bleep both of those out. But uh, <laughs> and it's uh, kind of a long story why he has to remain nameless. But uh, this is a really funny story. Again, we had uh, like an injury to balls last week, and this is we're continuing that theme of we're continuing our month long series on <laughs> ball smashing, <laughs> ball injuries. Here is. <laughs> Reminds me of the urban. Hello. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm already gonna have to not put that in. I'm not. This we're recording. We're, <laughs> you Rick, screwed it up from literally the very Rick, first word you said. Rick is on the show. Is on the line. He's my co-host. This is the podcast we're recording. Okay. Okay. So Hello, person who uh, shall not be named except by Mark, and he's going to have to bleep. It I'm gonna. Out I'll bleep that out. And uh, we're, what should we call him? Let's call him uh, Franklinson. 
<laughs> well, how about or Wilhelmson? That's that's like a or fake you name. Could, you could just say my friend. So this is completely anonymous. Anonymous. Yes. You could just okay. say Mr. X. Let's go with that, Mr. X. Okay, we'll be done. Mm. Okay. You have an eye patch, Mr. Yeah. X. Are you calling from a uh, a volcano lair, like in the middle of the Pacific Ocean? My wife just came in here, by the way, uh, and she was like, "You gotta get somewhere." It's four thirty-eight. She was like, "You need to get that place closest at five. So I've got to hurry up. We got to do this fast. Okay. Um, well, then. Mr. Wilhelmson, I want you to tell the story mm-hmm. of when you were roller or uh, roller skating when you were skateboarding, and something happened to a place on your body. <laughs> yeah. uh, you want me to tell you that story, Zip? Tell it. Go for it. Set the scene. Uh, when, when, yeah. Yes. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> 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 all right, so I, I got to the skate park. I was there with my friends. I was uh, I was 15, so I did not have my license. I was dropped off um, and decided to warm up with a board slide on a handrail of a seven-stair seven uh, stair set. Rick, are you following this? Um, yes, I think that's one of the ones where you like slide down the rail, like on the middle of the skateboard, right? Yeah, so just to All grind, right. to grind the handrail, and talk a million times. I've done it a million times before, um, and so I was just—it was just a warm-up, and you know, I just remember rolling up to the handrail, and then I remember opening my eyes and on the ground. Um, and so apparently, well, I guess I blacked out. I had rats on the handrail, meaning uh, I landed on the handrail with both, you know, a leg on either side of the handrail. Mm. Oh! Um, I think and, you know where uh, this is going, Rick. Thought everything was cool, and so I skated. By the way, I love the bench. story where you're. I love the story where you fill in details by going. Well, apparently, what happened? <laughs> like that's always the sign of a good story. For because you don't know is like something <laughs> so bizarre happens that you're like, man, they told me afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happened. Yeah, so I sat down and I thought everything was cool and um, <clears throat> decided to stick my hand in my pants just for a check. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, f- <laughs> I feel them both; they're both there. But when I stick my hand up, I see I see a little bit of red. On my hand. Oh no! Oh, oh no! This is not. This is not good. And you're like um, with all your friends. Yeah. You like. You gotta like play yeah, it cool. Like, they're like, oh, I was like, yeah, it's cool. Nothing, yeah. What do you do when you're with here. your friends and you know that you're bleeding from my your friends? My friends don't genitals. even know this happened. They didn't even know it ever happened. Still so okay, today. so you chose to play it cool. I think I would have chosen. I played it cool. <laughs> Scream. Got me like, guys, my balls are bleeding. Help me. <laughs> yeah, I played it cool. But I called my mom. I was like, "You got to get here." Whoa! Hey, you yeah. told your mom, but not your. Friends. I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her. I just told her she had to get here. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay, okay, okay. And so, uh, I, got, I get home and I get in the shower, and you know, just to check oh. check it all out. And then I just see, I don't know, about a two inch cut. Like at the Rick, at like the base, like behind. So you got you got this. That's what can I say? Anything? Okay, yeah. Cool. Is there anything I can say? Okay. Well, just say it. So, if I need to bleep it out, I can bleep it. Yeah, my sack. My sack. Yeah. You um, can say that. And so imagine it's just your fist, you know, hanging, you know, like you, it's like you're going to punch downwards. So you're looking at the sack, and it was just up at the top and the back towards the gooch. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the so medical luckily, term. Are we reading out of a medical dictionary? <laughs> so luckily, nothing came out. 
you know, but I mean, had it yeah. been lower, it probably all would have come out. Oh. And, and so I was like, Oh, I almost passed out. Uh, I, I'm about to pass out. Yeah, mom, me I, was too. Like, you, I was like, you got to take me to the ER right now. And so I had to tell her what happened. Um, she was like, get over here. Let me see that. Let me see. How, how old were you? When he this wanted to 15. I was 15. 15. Okay. Okay. So I couldn't drive. Um, I mean, I, I you could have uh, skateboarded over to the hospital <laughs> doing yeah. tricks well, and no, stuff on the way. Driven, but I, my first, the first ticket I ever got was driving without a license. Oh. So I, I couldn't just do that again. Rick's, yeah. uh, Rick's a cop. So um, you be careful. Dang it. I said his yeah. name again. <laughs> yeah, um, Idiot. All right. Uh, so we get to the hospital. Uh, my mom wants to see it, but that's a little weird. My dad's like, my dad's like, I got to see it. Like, you got to show it to me. Okay. Is your dad so, like concerned for your well-being, or is he walking? No, like, he just wanted to see it. You got to show me, dude. Yeah. He just, he just, he just had to see it. And so I was like, all right, that's cool. So he saw it. Um, and then they, uh, I don't remember what order whether they, they did an ultrasound and stitched it up, mm. but it was a female nurse. Oh, okay. Who gave the ultrasound, yeah. Oh, and uh, was Like, cute. should hospitals be staffed with, like, hey, uh, all these guys, they're going to handle, like, all the ball sack-related stuff. <laughs> like, all these women can handle, like, all the mother stuff-related stuff. Yeah. Torn breasts. So, um, I don't think so yeah, they gave me an ultrasound <laughs> to make sure I could still have kids. <laughs> it was a little weird just putting warm gel on my sack and having it rubbed. But, uh, Let me tell you, that is weird. That and then uh, and then I got stitches. And yeah, then, see, uh, normally when that happens, it, the end result isn't stitches. It's something else. But, hmm. uh, I don't know what you're talking about, Mark. Can you hmm. please elaborate? Uh, so you got stitches uh, up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, I mean, just it gave me some Vicodin and... I mean, even that was not nowhere near to enough. And then you had to go in and get them removed, right? Yeah, and that was with a guy. The guy took them out. Oh. So you're like sitting up in the hospital stirrups, like with your legs up on the things or something? Or did you just flip over yeah. and stick your bottom up in the no. air? No, I was laying on my back. But right before he took the stitches out, I really had to take it down. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to wait. So I took I I took it down and then I made sure I wiped because I mean, he's about to take it down there. Yeah, make sure you wipe. That's rule number one after yeah. you take a dump. I just say like the 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 poor guy's got his like magnifying like doctor glasses on so he can see and all of a sudden he's like right up in there and he hears <laughs> it's like right in his face. Like, oh, thank you. Oh yeah. god. So and say this marks two weeks in a row that we've had uh, injury to the groinal area of a, of a man. Uh, yeah. I will say there's a universal humor in a guy getting smashed in his nuts. Well, this is more yeah. than, this is the rippage, which is just not cool, dude. Well, yeah. I, although it is very cringeworthy for like all men, that is still funny. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I'll give you so, that. I mean, you, the, scar is, the scar is still there. Check it out every now and you would think, <laughs> you would think like the brain is encased in like a rather hard shell, right? Of the skull. Yeah. You would think like the the reproductive organs would be in more than just like a wet laundry sack, like a turtle yeah. shell. <laughs> yeah. That would yeah. be so uncomfortable. Like yeah. <laughs> walking around with like a skull around your man parts and like a small miniature skull, like on mm. one of those yeah. like shrunken voodoo skulls. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with it. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, hey, well, that was we're right at like nine minutes. Uh, Mr. X, Mr. Wilhelmson. Hey, yeah, you want to say his name again, Mark? So you have to believe it. Mr. Wilhelmson Sinjin. Uh, thank you for doing this. He had no idea why I was calling or what this was for. You were a good sport. Thank you for telling the what is it called? A bar slide? Is that what you said? Uh, board slide. Uh, the board slide disaster is what we'll call this. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Idiot! For, for that uh, amazing story. I'll have to remember to bleep that one out, too. <laughs> All right, hopefully we will... I think you seriously said his name uh, like five yeah. times. If you, uh, if you have a ball injury story, we want to keep the keep the streak going. Uh, <laughs> other... If you have any funny injury stories, <laughs> yeah. by the way. Yeah, uh, email us, call us, 530-42-HUMAN, and uh, let us know. If it's if you can think you can tell it, one of the things I would love to do is have... If you can tell, like, uh, leave a really long voicemail. Well, three like, minutes listen, is the max. Oh, it's so, only three minutes? So if you could do like a three, under three minute story, we, we could get two or three of those. We could just put all those together and just play those for humans being human. Although I'll say this, my preference is to record with you yes, so we can have yes, the interaction. Yes. I love talking to, to the humans and, and meeting them over the over the phone and whatever. Yeah. But if you don't want to do that or you can't do that or you can, you're a gifted storyteller, you can tell your funny story in less than three minutes, 530-42-HUMAN. We did get a call um, – and I will. Uh, I'll play it. I'll play it on the intro of the next show. It was not Lonnie. It was someone else, and it was. Wow. It's, it's very funny. We'll play it. Stop uh, the presses. Yeah, we'll play it next week. Um, and all right, this is going to be a, since we went long on the Kelly Star interview. The tip of the week is going to be short, and this is the tip of the week. It is Monday. Deskbound comes out tomorrow. Buy it. That is the tip of the week. Buy Deskbound. Can you buy it from our website? Um, okay, so here's the thing. At the time of this recording, I'm not Shouldn't sure. Shouldn't have ambushed you on that, but well, yeah. no. But see, we're gonna get. I'm gonna have two or three copies uh, since I have a connection with the one of the co-authors, a family, Glenn Cordoza. He's been on the show. Um, yes. So he, um, they're sending us uh, two or three copies to give away. So you mm. and I, off air, we need to discuss how we're going to give those away. And so, can you, you let me read it first, and then we give it away and call it a used copy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we'll uh, we'll talk about that and and just go to the Facebook page. It's Monday. Go to the Facebook page. We'll have something about it on the details as far as how we're going to give those away. It might be something where we wait a week or two weeks or something. We do a I don't know, leave a review on iTunes. I don't know. We'll have to talk about it. But be, yeah, let's stay, talk about yeah, that. Stay I think that's, I don't think the review on iTunes thing is very fair. Yeah. It pops up some reviews and doesn't some right. others, so it screws people. So anyways, that's your maybe it's a voicemail. Maybe co- maybe leave us a voicemail uh, or something. Maybe we'll we'll talk about it. But but be okay. be looking out on the Facebook page, and I'll put something out on Twitter as well. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of the Symbian Podcast. We have Jenny LeBaugh coming up next week. Uh, Juliet Starrett is going to be on the show. We've got Evan Brand is going to be on the show. We have, uh, I reached out to, if you don't know who BJ Miller is, BJ Miller MD, Google him. He has a TED Talk. He's a palliative care doctor uh, on the West Coast. He is an unbelievable person. Rick, he has one limb. His, his Which left, one is it? His right arm. He oh, ha- his, well, that's not the one I was guessing. His left arm and both of his legs were basically blown off in an accident when he was in college. And he's the most happy has the it's he's just the most unbelievable person I've ever listened to on a on Well, a I need to talk to him because I stubbed my toe the other day and I'm a miserable prick. So. Well, and he he's a palliative care doctor. He like helps people die all day. And he's got What does that mean palliative care? That's like end of life. It's kind of like hospice oh, okay. but not it's like it's like extended hospice like all hospice is palliative care but not all palliative care is hospice i don't know if that makes sense so um yeah so all that's coming up um go to the website simplymaster.com like us on facebook twitter instagram periscope at simplyhuman52 
follow my barbershop quartet on Periscope at, at Key City Sound 4. Nerd alert. <laughs> follow me uh, cr clipping my grass on our belly 332. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's going to do for this edition. Can you make it a barbershop quintet we and can. I can just go and make fart noises in the background <laughs> and you guys are like singing earnestly and honestly and I'm in the background going <laughs> you're, you're dressed in like a mouse costume or something it's like totally <laughs> random yeah, that would be great all right. just, I'm silent the entire performance and everyone's waiting like when's that guy going to have a note gonna... and at the very end you have the big finale and I just go <gasps> <laughs> We should do that. Well, I'll, I'll run that by the, the guys. How about that? Good plan. Good plan. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Simi Even <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> and remember. Then four straight texts, just my name in all caps. Mark, 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 Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, enjoy yourself.